0: cooking with that sauce what to do after recording a three-hour podcast on jam bands? it's a nice gravy how to transition (laughs) back into reviewing movies after that yeah i mean last week i mean (sighs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to the movie blues podcast i'm dan Lyons. dan enden and we have reached the end Yeah.
1: Shout out Space Bacon, still not advertising the podcast. If you could get on that, that would be helpful to me. Um, I believe the rights to the theme song expire this offseason, so we'll renegotiate that. Can we Um, be
0: sponsored? Can we be the first band-sponsored podcast? Why not? Like, we obligate, we'll say their name, we'll be like, if you haven't checked them out, they're a band. We didn't mention them once on the Jam Band episode. Well, that's going to be the unlockable Patreon um, that we talked about. I've been working on a new theme. Excuse me? Yeah. For the podcast? Yeah. Okay. When am I going to get to hear this masterpiece? And did you use it making my MIDI controller? When it's done and partially. Nice. Okay, good. Uh, I, I have a one season offer up front if I like
1: it. It might not be for all episodes, but if the vibe calls for it, it's a very different vibe for a theme.
0: Is it a Dan and Verse theme? Be honest. <laughs> a little bit. Is it a theme that I can play when it's like this is a day Dan movie? Yeah. Because maybe one day we'll It's kind of like it's kinda like, like Frasier music. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Like 90s jazz. Yeah. Big brown suit, round glasses music. If you know what I mean. Someday. When my eyes go, that will be me. Um today is the season six. Finale. It's the end, the deadly friend, if you will. How do we feel about this season, Dan?
1: Feel good about I feel great about it.
0: We started with back and forth for yeah. the first time. Yeah. And we did that for the whole season. Yeah. I loved it. I bailed out of many of my choices. All of them. But feel as if I made some good moves. Yeah. I don't remember what they were. Should we look at a list? Do we have a current list? Not really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I have. Yeah, we do. I have Spotify. No, this is season
0: five. Oh look, this is season six, isn't it?
1: Oh, then we did five B. Last night I got to discover while playing video games that there were two episodes of the podcast I'd never listened to. So I which ones? The, the most recent two.
0: So uh, we started out uh, this season with Clockwork Orange. That, that was, was a great the time. Season? Yeah. Holy shit! Um, really? Yep, and um, that was forever ago. Then we moved on to my son Hunter. Hold on,
1: Clockwork Orange
0: was September of '22. It was a long season. Long season. Um, And uh, then we moved on to my son Hunter. That was crazy. Our first two real uh, choices, which I picked, "Be My Cat," a film for Anne, and Dan picked Southland Tales." Yeah, very damaging to my brain and my ego. As per usual for this podcast, and
1: while I was at the barber the other day, I heard um, the dude who was in the chair two down from me was telling his barber how he went to the thing at the film center where they screened Southland Tales and Richard Kelly was there. That is dope. And you should went. And how the whole time Richard Kelly was just shitting on it.
0: I mean, as anyone should. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then uh, we moved on to um, I showed you one of my favorite films of all time the fountain you did not like it no um then we did the whole nine yards i thought it was delightful yeah, as it was and look forward to potentially watching a sequel as soon as humanly possible hope i land on that one very soon yeah um then we moved on to the mummy which was shocking that you actually enjoyed it you actually gave it an eight, which was crazy. First to me. thing I watched in four K. I think I was a lot on a lot of Xanax that day, so I didn't act very surprised. But later, looked back on it and was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I had a blast. Uh, Clerks three, Dark Patch for me personally. Yeah. Dan Love, had a great time. Delightful. Yeah. Wearing a movie shirt right now. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, I chose Knock Knock which we have some interesting news about um, yeah. they we'll have to talk about someday on the pod, and um, Dan was not a fan of that. Well, what do we do about that situation? <laughs> um,
1: do we do the original Knock Knock and ask her to be on it for that?
0: It's the exact same movie, but better, honestly. More fucked up. She's got so many other movies. Anyway, long story short, we're gonna interview Colleen Camp, uh, the star of the original knocked up star of apocalypse now yeah and, and a bunch of She's other been movies all sorts of shit um we're gonna interview her at some point um I was just on vacation when she got back to us I did email the director of around the fire no response
1: I was I want info
0: about him like I do too I emailed life. him looking for just that and got nothing um then Dan chose Moneyball that's a movie that I watched that, that was, happened that was so awesome I enjoyed it.
1: Baseball. I listened to that episode the other day while walking the dog. It infuriated me. It's problematic. Oh, the Oakland A's uh, just announced they're officially moving to Vegas. The The Oakland A's are done.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, that as, went well. As of two days ago. For the fictitious characters in the film. Yeah. <sighs> um. Then Dan picked Indecent Proposal, which was a very terrible movie that yeah, I had a great time watching. Was um, and I picked Jurassic World just a thumbs down on both fronts shout out
1: to HBO and Criterion for in the same month making the theme be all erotic thrillers
0: then I chose E.T. the Extraterrestrial the same week that Dan chose uh, Touch of Evil both were quite eye opening experiences <laughs> featuring scurrying little brown men
1: yeah oh and since then I've watched so many Orson Welles movies that are just crazy
0: and then uh, around the fire, my choice last week. Um, and Dan's choice was uh, today's film, Deadly Friend. Um, we are going to unveil at my the end way, of this well. episode uh, the spinner board, uh, which I'll post a picture of again in the rental zone, all filled out of what movies you will be hearing us review in our sequel season next season. Uh, we are going to do sequels to episodes uh, that we have already done. Um, sounds like hack work, but there's a lot of good movies in there to discuss that we've been waiting to watch for a very long time, including the one we just mentioned, The Whole Ten Yards. Very excited. To this see is just Dan forcing me to
1: watch Lawnmower Man 2, finally.
0: Don't know if we're going to land on Lawnmower Man today, but Dan is going to spin the board twice at the end of this episode to decide on our first two episode block wow. for, for when we meet up. Yeah, please okay. sign up for our um, Patreon channel. It's okay. nine ninety nine for future secret podcasts. There's already one up there. There's going to be another one up there someday soon, but maybe after someone signs up.
1: then, you're just getting the snickle fritz.
0: You're just getting the fritz. Um, deadly Friend, Dan, you want to tee this one up? If you enjoy oh, being really scared, If you're not afraid of the unknown, if you found a friend in fear, then we have a friend for you. Hi. Samantha. Cut me the police. The director who unleashed Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven now brings you his most frightening creation get out of my house hey girl she's killing people mom sam, sam. <laughs> you're so cute deadly friend
1: She can't live without you. Yeah, so uh, Wes Craven's Deadly Friend is a movie. If you go back to our last dinosaur episode, that was like Dan's White Whale to figure out what this movie was. And I had an experience as a small child where I watched a fair portion of this movie and certain shots from it like really fucked me up. And like I had nightmares about it and we'll get into it. But like it, it, me seeing it predated my understanding of the concepts that were being portrayed in the movie in a way that I just couldn't wrap my head around the plot. So it was just these images that stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And for years I tried to track it down. And then li- I forgot about it. And then listening to you talk about your hunt for the last dinosaur inspired me to try again. And all I remembered, like all I had as this thing from my childhood brain, which I must have been like six or seven. Mm-hmm. I n- remembered dad pushing a girl, his daughter down the stairs. And I remembered later on that girl. Her body falling apart into a robot and, <laughs> the, and the robot choking her friend. <laughs> And it being so... And the movie ending. And I didn't know what abuse was. So, like, I didn't understand why the father was pushing the daughter. So, I could never explain to anyone, like, what this movie was. Sure. And then later, like, throughout my life, like, I learned about child abuse. And then, like, it would occur to me, like, oh, that movie I watched that I can never figure out what it is. That's what was happening there. So, then I got to the point where a couple years ago we did The Last Dinosaur. And I, like, typed into um, Google, um, like... 80s horror uh child abuse dad girl pushed down the stairs robot yellow robot out of skin <laughs> and it came up immediately and I watched the trailer and I was like holy fuck this is the movie And for years I've been wanting to watch it and I was like no like I have to save it for the podcast Someday it's gonna happen for the podcast So I went into this movie and there were so there was so much imagery that I didn't have any recollection of. So the best thing that I've pieced together is that I was always watching TV in my parents' room while also playing (laughs) Jeopardy on my laptop as a kid. And what I'm assuming happened was like, I started the movie, saw the robot, thought it was a kid's movie, started watching it. Then the girl got pushed down the stairs. I was like, I'm probably not supposed to be watching this. Mm -hmm. My mom probably came in the room and I flipped the channel. And then when she left, I flipped back to that channel and it was the the final scene. Mm -hmm. And that's all that stuck with me for this long. So I got to watch this movie last night like Engaging the Depths of My Memories dude <laughs> like at 12:30 p.m. At, a.m. It was a wild experience wild movie
0: <laughs> I have no connection to this movie other than having seen it when I was very young not remembering it at all having no imagery, the only imagery that I remembered from it was Christy Boner looking like a zombie.
1: Yeah, I was hoping I was going to get to say Christy
0: Boner first. You did it. Yeah. But this movie is starring Christy Boner from Dude Where's My Car, Which Christy I Swanson. also just watched
1: recently. That movie is Van Wilder levels of abhorrent.
0: Yeah, they were always that bad. Just FYI.
1: I know. Dude, the fact that I saw Dude Where's My Car in theaters with my dad and thought it was hilarious and he was like, I'm going <laughs> to drug test you. Like, that was reasonable.
0: Yeah. These are these are drug movies, you know. Yeah. Um and then No I'm not. <laughs> And then um
1: Dude, Sean William Scott is a fucking god. <laughs> true. <laughs> so true.
0: Just pictured him as two of himself flying through an ambulance through the sky in Southland Tales.
1: Dude, any serious movie with Sean William Scott is so crazy.
0: If there's a movie from the past two episodes that is some kind of PSA. I think it is actually this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this
1: should have been the sequel to Book of Henry.
0: This movie... Big Book of Henry vibes. ...was big Book of Henry vibes, A. Yeah. <laughs> B, like, of course, slight Dan inverse vibes. Just from playing so much with the iconography of <laughs> Book of Henry. There were... Lots of movies that this movie was like, <laughs> like a lot, a lot a of ton. movies that this movie was like. Um, it goes from basically like E. T. to Short Circuit to Book of Henry to Frankenstein to Weekend to, Like Rear Window to Pet Cemetery to Life After Beth, and then somehow back to Book of Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, this movie uh was a fucking mess and and <laughs> it only further's to cement the fact that I will still ride with pretty hard which is that West Craven is a complete hack um just sucks like his, his it's like desperate aping of so many things that he's so bad at
1: yeah i was thinking that a lot throughout the movie of just like when i noticed what stuck out to me was that this movie was very to the point like every scene was just rapid fire like to the degree where the plot oh which God. was incredibly S- simple was getting was very confusing so fast. because it's just every bit of dialogue is like this is happening this is happening next thing next <laughs> thing next thing next thing like every scene that should be dramatic and action-packed it's like cop car showing up real fast cutaway. like and i was just like None of this looks good. Like Wes, I was like, I, I was like, Wes Craven is, is a bad director. I think.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm watching it, and my first hope is this. First, I'm like, I hope that this movie was made before Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. Because if that's the case, then it would be almost like um, it's charming. There would be, yeah, it would be like this is like the proto synthesis of what would become the Nightmare series which I also dislike and think is terrible. Um,
1: there is one of them that I find so fucking awesome and funny. There's great... But I, it's I a just la- it's a latter one. I'm a
0: huge fan of the effects work in those movies, yeah. but I think they're terrible. I mean, they are objectively pretty
1: terrible. Yeah, no. And, I'm not a fan, except for when I, they lean into being a comedy.
0: I don't like that either. I think Robert Englund is creepy I, in a way that y- you can one tell is he an, is
1: creepy. is a new nightmare? Is that five? <laughs>
0: Is that the one where it becomes self aware? Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, one I think is hilarious. Well, that's that is like the proto scream basically. Yeah. That movie yeah, yeah. and then scream are like Wes Craven's like one two punch. Yeah. But I think it's just like, and when we did scream, I talked about this that it's mostly hack work. And yeah. I just think it's all very hacky and contrived and terrible. This movie was contrived. If you like look up the, the deck, the actual definition of the word contrived. In ways that I could not believe, like <laughs> the lengths that they went to achieve the most basic, like horror and sci-fi ideas, yeah. were monumental. Yeah. And it's intercut. It has this like one side of itself that's like Amberg Spielbergian, and then another side of itself that's like this is Nightmare on Elm Street. hmm And it's trying to mix both of those things and do almost a love story and it's not really working and afterwards come to find out that the most critical fact about this movie, which is just incredible and informs everything going forward about thinking about Deadly Friend, is that this movie was shot as a PG movie for children
1: Really? Okay And
0: the studio at the time was unaware of that Wes Craven was from the Nightmare series. And they became aware that he was becoming this cultural horror phenomenon when the movie had almost basically wrapped. And so they set up a series of reshoots that were all based around kills and dream sequences, specifically, each scene.
1: This makes so much sense.
0: (laughs) This makes the whole movie make a lot more sense. Because, like,
1: for so long there's no kills. And then to the degree, cause like also worth noting is when I saw it in a ki- as a kid, I saw it on like network TV. It was heavily edited. Like there was no like severe body horror. Like, so when the kill started happening, I was like, holy shit, what?
0: <laughs> this is the stone shift we're taking. I texted Dan at one point. I was like, this is not a movie a child. So it should have seen mm-hmm. under any circumstances. No, I'm fucked up. Um,
1: Like this, dude, like this is like one of those butterfly effect things where I'm like, I wonder what my life would have been like if I didn't see this movie because it haunted me.
0: So they shot the movie as PG and then they invited an audience of Wes Craven fans. Okay. To view the movie. Okay. And the consensus was basically like, miss me with that gay shit. (laughs) They were
1: like, he's not a good director. Why is he making a movie? This
0: is like a flat out terrible movie. Yeah. Now, that. It feels
1: like a lifetime movie.
0: That movie. Now, this will explain a lot of the tonal stuff in it because, ladies and gentlemen, what we're not telling you is like the basic plot of the movie. Basic plot of the movie. Maybe I'll do a trailer up front that'll help a little bit. But the basic plot of the movie is that um, a boy who invents a sentient. robot so many asterisks next to that we need to go back to that
1: super genius kid
0: super genius kid creates a robot girl next door very book of henry vibes getting abused by her father she gets pushed down the stairs and dies like violently
1: surprisingly early in the movie
0: we're gonna go into that yeah the robot is blown up with a shotgun we're gonna go into that (laughs) then the robot's brain is taken by the genius kid and put into Christy Boner's brain via invasive surgery yeah cuz he's like performed by a child he's like
1: 15 but like, like better G- at brain surgery than like the top scholars in the nation and shit he's, he's like,
0: like fred savage by he's way like of Hen- Doogie house he, he's like henry he's like henry yeah just older he's a a, a boy genius yeah He's a wunderkind. And yet is doing not much with his talent, but we'll get into that, I guess. Or making
1: wild decisions rapidly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he puts the robot brain into Christy Boner's brain, and she becomes a half-zombie, half-robot that takes out vengeance on her abusive father and beyond. Now... Yeah, those who have wronged her. What the original movie was, was a love story between Christy Boner and Fred Savage... Asterix, because it's just a guy who looks like Fred Savage. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe it's the only movie he ever made in his career. I think I read that at one point. God, if that was Fred Savage, this movie would have gone up a notch. Love story between her and him, and an emphasis on how the true monsters are the people in the town. Yeah. Like her dad, which explains why her dad was like a creepy it, like abusive Stephen King dad.
1: Yeah, and why their neighbor is, like, fucking gun-toting Kathy Bates.
0: <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train was the neighbor. <laughs> the old lady from Throw Mama yeah. from the Train. And she was playing, like, a Clint Eastwood Gran Torino type who hated the local youth. There was, like, Sandlot vibes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the It's local... a
1: coming-of-age tale, Dan.
0: It was a coming-of-age tale, <laughs> It was also, like, the the most wildly inconsistent, bizarre movie I've, like, ever seen in my fucking life. Like, all right, so the movie starts, right? The movie starts with this dork, <laughs> this huge dork that's created a robot.
1: Doesn't the movie start with a horror
0: scene? The movie starts with a horror scene that takes place at a gas station where the robot chokes a redneck who sees it in the nerd's car as they're moving to their new house. Yeah. Um, So the movie starts and you think it's like basically like a movie based around the robot from Rocky IV, but like a a malicious version of that. Um, The robot in question is named BB. He's constantly chattering uh, and it is wildly unnerving. He's like a mogwai mixed with Jar Jar Binks mixed with a Jawa from Star Wars. He's literally... A entity that never shuts the fuck He's up. He's like
1: the one robot from Mystery Science. Theater.
0: <laughs> he is a literal barrage of Tourette's ticks shoved into a vacuum cleaner. BB is like a Tasmanian devil and Donnie from Wild Thornberries had a feral robot <laughs> baby. BB. There are miles, literal metric tons BB. of impossibilities behind BB's capabilities, the most, m- most ludicrous of which is that he makes less noise than a PS5 while literally having... <laughs> A body brimming with clunky robotics.
1: You know what? It's a cautionary tale against AI. It's pertinent right now.
0: In his ceaseless mutterings, BB is constantly saying his own name like he's a retarded Pokemon. BB. It's Baby. He's so overboard. He is constantly making Baby. noise. Um Baby. <laughs> As I watch B.B. mumble to himself like a a mentally disabled person while mowing his own lawn.
1: He's like like (laughs) Sam and I am Sam. Or he's like Rain Man.
0: (laughs) I feel guilty uh, a little bit less about watching Lawnmower Man because this movie is much more terrible and much more annoying and it's not worth comparing. (laughs) (laughs) Like B.B. with the lawnmower was a perfect image. Um, (laughs) Paul, the kid in this twisted retelling of E.T. at the beginning of this movie, because again... This is only for a little bit of this movie. Right. They introduce this robot like he's freaking E.T., but that is truly not what the movie is about, nor is he the deadly friend. Right. Dan, a robot who chokes a man out.
1: Right. And lifts a man by his testicles, Dan.
0: Is not the deadly friend. No. It is that robot's soul Mm -hmm. implanted into the body of an abused girl. Again, Christy Boner. That Who, like, is the deadly It's friend. like
1: you're introduced to her. She walks on screen. It zooms in on bruises on her arm. And they're like, this is this character.
0: <laughs> um, very early on in the very movie. Very little subtlety to this film, Dan. <laughs> uh, to speak to that, there's a scene where a motorcycle gang of bullies shows up. And they see the robot, and they're all, everyone in this movie. Every 80s trope is in this movie, dude. Paul included. Just a, a group of scumbags. Everyone in this movie is too old. Everybody looks yeah. like they're 40. Why were there greasers? So the greasers show up, and their Im- initial MO is to bully a robot. Like, their initial reaction to a sentient robot. Granted, the it is The only like,
1: person in this movie who has a reasonable reaction to the robot for the first time is his... Friend that he meets the first day, who's like, "What the fuck is that? Get that fucking thing away from me!" <laughs> Christy Boner is like, "Hey, hey, cutie, you want to hang out?" It would help. fucking the the fucking greasers are like, "Oh, we should bully the robot." It's fucking 1980 <laughs> fucking seven. People would have been like, "Holy shit, you built a robot, dude!" Like, is that thing gonna murder me? And the answer is yes. It's fucking yes. You don't bully
0: a fucking piece
1: of technology you've
0: never seen before. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't have set the technology to be going. <laughs> He
1: was working on it. It was a work in progress. He just wanted the thing to mow his lawn. It was the most annoying thing
0: I've ever heard (laughs) in my life. And I was like, like, okay, so so Dan didn't see E.T. saw this horrific movie (laughs) about a boy and a robot. And that's where I really, and like, again, like this movie, of any movie that it reminds me of from this podcast would be like malignant because like, I truly did not know where it was going at points, and the vibe in it was so <laughs> off that it felt like it was made by a space alien. <laughs> For real. Um, Paul, who looks like a 40 year old man with braces, has to step in because they're bullying the robot, but the robot, like, seemingly has, like, evil traits and is going to be the crux of the movie, come to find out... He wants out, to protect Paul at all costs. Come to find out that when this movie was released, it didn't even have the robot in its promotional material. Trailers <laughs> or posters.
1: That Yeah, it, I mean, the, the poster is fucking... It's Christy it's Boner. It's Christy Boner doing robot Because they just did this awesome fucking, I think, you know, Lorber or Arrow fucking DVD release of it. It's so expensive. But... Dude, it it comes with a poster, and the fucking that cover is ridiculous. It doesn't indicate the movie at all. Um, This movie looks like it was cut together from three different Lifetime movies with a sci-fi movie.
0: It goes from like that ET vibe to then pivoting to Book of Henry, and it's like instead of a dead cancer kid giving directions, it's a robot, and it's just very fucking weird. Everyone's just
1: incredibly accepting of his behavior in a way that. It was very remnant of Book of Henry, like the the kid is committing felonies by the moment without a second thought, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's just Paul. <laughs> He's smarter than us, you know. He's, He's got a-
0: one of them nerd brains. He can take a corpse." The abuse scenes in this movie are chilling.
1: Very chilling. The dad is terrifying.
0: There's a dream sequence which is. Is that a,
1: in the original movie?
0: Uh, the the one of the reshoots was the scene where the dad stabs himself with, like, a, a glass tube and then, like, uses that tube to <laughs> jizz blood out of his body all over his so daughter's crazy face. so
1: out of place, dude. That's the first, like, fucking tonal shift in the movie, and it was way over the top. I was like... But, dude, that was the moment where I was like, I'm having reanimator vibes now.
0: There are reanimator, Re-Animator vibes in this movie. And we know that
1: if there's a sweet spot of this kind of movie, it is, like, misguided schlock that is so fucking hilarious in its choices that I was like, all right, I'm on board. Strap me in. Because I was going to watch like a half hour of it and then finish it this morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, strap me
0: in, Captain. It was a real ride.
1: I went and I made a snack. I made a fucking sandwich. I was like, we're doing this.
0: It was like a terrible movie roller coaster. Yeah. Like they would make choices in this movie and i would be like astounding. Yeah. Um, There's a kill in this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a few that we'll talk about, but there's a kill in this movie with a basketball. The f- where I turned to my wife and she looked at me, and she's hate. I mean, hating this movie more than any movie I think we've ever seen. She said to me that it was one of the worst movies she's ever seen <laughs> in her entire life. And after the basketball scene, I turned to her and like she had this disgusted look on her face, and I literally said, "This is cinema." That, <laughs> and she like looked at me like she wanted to kill me. That
1: basketball kill was
0: a top, re- tops. A reshoot. Entirely amazing. Had to be edited down several times, and was y- inside of that. A man's head, a, a woman's head explodes. Throw Mama from, from a the train gets ex- like Christy Boner when she's animated as a robot. She has robot strength. With the robot microchip in her brain, she takes a basketball and throws it at the neighbor. Throw Mama from the train and it hits her in the face, and her whole body explodes. <laughs> it's like worse than scanners. Like you <laughs> have to Google this at bare minimum immediately and see the basketball kill from deadly friend it is upsetting (laughs) they filled the mannequin of throw mama from the train with real guts (laughs) beef guts like cow guts brains everything
1: dude that's innovation baby
0: it was disgusting, dude. I yeah. mean, they went back and just filmed all of this. Um, I read an interviews with Christy Boner where she was like, we filmed like this pleasant movie. <laughs> and then for a summer we went back and like filmed people's bodies exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and there's apparently a big fan base of people who want to see a different cut of this movie. Um, Christy Boner on her website has many photos from deleted scenes from this movie where apparently it was just a very different experience, probably way worse. Um, Cause the things that spoke to me in this movie were when people's bodies were exploding like fucking grenades at them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, slight disagree on the Snyder cut of this one, but um, <laughs> liked it just the way it was. Um, I was um, thrilled, and I don't get thrilled a lot about anything anymore. When twenty five percent of the way into this movie, the neighbor, throw mama from the train, shoots BB with a shotgun, <laughs> like multiple <laughs> times, over... unloads on him yeah. for being like. And this is the Sandlot plot line, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where a... BB the robot is retrieving a a basketball, basketball, a sad basketball, event. the basketball. Yeah. Uh, from the <laughs> from the neighbor's lawn, um, and she comes out. She's known to, like, tote a shotgun. Yeah. And you think it's going to be a scene where B.B. does something. Yeah. And, like, you know, continue on with this delightful robot movie. And for all intents and purposes, that is what is being shipped to you. Yeah. Every minute of the movie, from the opening fucking moments, you're hearing, And you're like, okay, this is going to be the whole movie, 100%. This is all there is. Bleak desert desert wasteland yeah. of watching a movie where this is what I'm gonna have to listen to the whole time, and then 25 percent of the way through it, this woman shoots him with a shotgun first, and I'm like, oh, there's gonna have to be a scene where they fix BB, yeah, and then the second <laughs> shot, BB's whole entire head yeah, fucking explodes, fucking boom, headshot, <laughs> and I cheered, I clapped, she's the and juggernaut, I pointed, bitch. and I clapped. I was just like, yay! <laughs> I was like, it's... And and, and Rachel
1: was like, what, Dude, what I, is going I, on? I, what... I paused it, and I was like, there's three quarters of the movie left. What the fuck is the rest of this movie going to be? Yeah, like,
0: this was too early. <laughs> I was like, is there going to be a flashback? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Um, Then I, I literally did mental math, where I was like, Dude, even with the resources I've seen this kid had, he can't rebuild this robot from what's just happened to it. Right. And my brain like like a real loss, like uh spoilers for Hereditary if you're an idiot and haven't seen it, but like when Charlie dies from Hereditary and you're just like, "What the fuck are we doing now?" Yeah. Because like Hereditary, this movie is shi- is like shipping a spooky kid narrative. Um centered around, in this case, a deeply violent, unstable robot that abuses its owner. Dude, in the first scene of this movie, they show that not only is she, the neighbor, hiding bruises, but Paul is hiding bruises that he got from BB. (laughs) So the robot is abusive. He had to go. This movie's so fucking
1: stupid. He had to go. BB had canceled.
0: So, B.B. is annihilated 25% into this movie. And then the movie really kicks it up a notch, spirals off the rails. At that point, the abuse scenes escalate big time. Oh, yeah. To the point where the next door neighbor is, like, staying at their house. And the mom, Paul's mom, is fully aware of the abuse scenario. she's, like,
1: toasting to her dad dying.
0: Yeah, so there, there's a scene where Christy Boner, Paul, and her, Paul's mom are having... I don't know where Paul's dad is in this situation. He's dead or something. What's what's his deal?
1: I mean, they're Divorcee. going et vibes. I assume they're divorced.
0: Um, They're having a dinner together. They're saying grace. And Paul's mom <laughs> just casually... And this is, like, tonally celebrated. This isn't, yeah. like, a horrible thing to say. But, like, during the grace, she just goes... And may you keep her father dead to the world for the rest of the night. (laughs) Talking to God. And
1: everyone cheers.
0: And everyone's like,
1: yeah. Yeah, now pass me some cobbler.
0: So things escalate. The dad attacks Christy Boner, knocks her down the stairs. She smashes her head against the wall really, really hard. Yeah. My wife was like, what's up? Like, is she knocked out? And then they cut to her and her whole body's twitching. Yeah. (laughs) And, and this is the point at which now the B-plot of the movie has entirely taken a turn based on a gruesome murder. Yeah, and
1: this is like <laughs> 35 minutes into the movie.
0: Right. I mean, most props given to this movie for being, like, unpredictable at times. Yeah. Truly. Because it was so bad, but so good at times. And I think... A lot of those good things come from the reshoots, unfortunately, not to ape my position from Touch of Evil, but, but like, sometimes, you know, the studio knows. Man. Sometimes the studio watches a movie and is like, this is a piece of shit. Yeah. Because I'm imagining and this And they were movie, like,
1: oh, you're going to pay for me to throw a basketball at someone's head? Like, yeah. Fuck yeah.
0: They were like, do the Elm Street thing, and he did. Yeah. He really clowned on himself really hard in this movie, which... Yeah. It just wasn't a good look for Wes Craven. Just this whole thing stinks. Like it's I I watched it and was like, this is this is honestly Dude,
1: Christy Boner walking around with Chris Rock hands as a robot the whole time.
0: <laughs> the fact that Christy Boner, post robot conversion, yeah. which we're getting up to, had to do like Chris Rock hands, yeah, crab hands the whole time.
1: <sighs> Not only that,
0: dude. Like you could have had you th- could have had a weird science thing if they made now uh, don't take this the wrong way but if they made Christy Boner hot and was like maybe a girl that was like two years older go on <laughs> pass and um, if you went and did that and made it like a a sexy nerd situation you got a movie there this was, was upsetting upsetting yeah this was much more like Pet Cemetery yeah yeah in terms of its second half than it was like something cool and sexy like weird science <laughs> well, definitely was not cool and sexy <laughs> um christy boner like did interviews about it. It her first movie and she was like yeah this was a lot this is a big ask on me <laughs> she was like many coordinators dude, had to be brought in dude to- i
1: had a moment of pure panic in this movie because it seems like the movie's over um christy boner it's the whole time they're showing that all she's seeing is bb's robot vision of stuff and you're starting to see some clarities coming through she in the has real like, world
0: she's like predator reason. and, and <laughs> she's
1: <laughs> and she's like starting to feel love for the main character again and her hands get normal and then i was like there's only two minutes left in the movie am i thinking of a different movie with that shot with the fucking robot coming out of her And I was like, because this is a happy ending. And she walks out and immediately suicides by cop. (laughs) She's finally better. And then she gets (laughs) shot in the stomach by cop.
0: (laughs) With two minutes left. That was the moment I was alluding to, just being further into the Dan Inverse. (laughs) There was a suicide cop moment. There was like... Judgment of the police leading up to that moment, and then a goading of that police officer into being like a negligent idiot and murdering her. Yeah. Um, The funniest part of the suicide by cop is that when Christy Boner runs at the cop, she's doing the Chris Rock crab hands, (laughs) and they interpret that as a weapon. Yeah. uh, And that is so fucking priceless. Yeah. Um, Just like uh, a movie that you watch as as a part or uh, owner or CFO of this podcast, and you're just like. This, this is where you belong, old friend. Yeah. Like, but then is, you get to
1: the final this scene. This has got it all. And that's the scene that scarred me for life as a child.
0: That is also a reshoot.
1: <laughs> yeah, obviously. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> and it makes
0: no sense. And it's no, so zero. awesome. Dude, so, she, so awesome. she
1: suicides by cop.
0: Well, let's just tee it up, too, correctly. Because she, at this point, we've said it a few times, like... He, we haven't even talked about the conversion part, but like...
1: Yeah, she was dead. He stole her from a morgue.
0: He dies, I mean, she dies from being thrown down the stairs. And then they pull the plug on her. They pull the plug on her life support. He shows up and kidnaps her body (laughs) and puts it in a van and drives it home. And his friend's like, that's not cool. And he's like, you owe me one, remember? And then jams BB's brain chip into her brain. Yeah. And then she becomes a split personality of BB and herself. Yeah. And goes on a killing rampage. Yeah. Then it turns into a slasher movie. Then it's like, and this is why I called it convoluted earlier, because classically a slasher movie is a one setup. Like, Guy likes to dress like his mother from being abused. Yeah. His dead mother. There's your setup. This was like, Guy befriends a robot. (laughs) The robot is murdered with a shotgun. (laughs) A girl next door gets abused and dies from the abuse. He puts the chip in her brain and then a slasher movie starts in which girl with his childhood best friend invented robots brain goes on a serial killing rampage um, to get revenge for everything that happened to her. Just a lot to ask of an audience (laughs) in an hour and a half movie. So much happens so quickly in this movie. Just on and on and on. Like a toddler describing something in a run-on sentence. That's what this movie felt like to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, she dies again. And uh, in the last 45 seconds of this movie, the, the kid runs to the morgue again and pulls her out. And fucking, she grabs his neck and her body, her skin. Face just starts ripping apart. It's grotesque. It's trauma esque. And original BB's body just starts growing out of her. <laughs> his arms, his robot arms extend so that her fucking arm skin is ripping apart. Like the fucking uh, that 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 Mike it Flanagan. Like,
0: it was like the thing. It was, it was like the
1: Mike Flanagan movie with fucking where she's handcuffed to the bed the Gerald's whole time. Game. And she has to like rip her fucking wrists apart to do that. And fucking chokes him to death. And that's it. But BB comes out. Evil as fuck, and that was the shot that stuck with me. Because my whole life, I was like, I remember a movie where the Yellow Ranger fucking grew out of a girl's face and killed someone.
0: Never <laughs> mind. Suicide by a cop. Dan Endenverse prophecy fulfilled.
1: <laughs> That's where it all started.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Truly, an unpredictable experience, and just, oh. just proof of. Wes Craven's gross ineptitude as a filmmaker. I don't know if there's any trivia I didn't miss here. BB the robot cost $20,000 to build. (laughs) Makes sense. His eyes were constructed from two 1950-era camera lenses. Looked like it. (laughs) A radio antenna taken for a Corvette. BB could actually live... Up to 750 pounds in weight. I I refuse to believe that. Baby! (laughs) He looked like the robot from Short
1: Circuit. (laughs) Baby! Baby! Baby!
0: (laughs) He did not shut the fuck (laughs) up, dude. I wanted him to stop so badly. Baby! Uh, Deadly Fred was uh, released into cinemas in October because Warner Brothers were hoping the Halloween crowd would boost its box office performance. It bombed and um damn shame that's uh that's about the story of deadly friend yeah i i enjoyed watching this movie it was just a just a crazy experience yeah i'd say to anybody watch this movie but like it's a piece of shit (laughs) yeah if you like shitty movies like reanimator watch this movie no don't this no Reanimator's so much better than this. Yeah, of course. I mean, re is even... the, the goat. This was schlocky, but in a way that you can tell, like, Wes Craven is just, like, an insecure person.
1: But, like, what it's about <laughs> for me when movies are this terrible uh-huh. is, like, is it entertaining? And the whole time I was, like, having such a good time. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. This is hilarious.
0: <sighs> Should we give our scores yeah, I'm for our final episode this, of the
1: season? I'm giving Deadly Friend... 7.9 out of 10.
0: It's reasonable.
1: And I'm going to buy the fucking Blu ray and watch the bonus features. Are you? Yeah. I
0: would like to see bonus features. Well, you can't handle the bonus features. I'm going to give this movie a 6. It was just terrible, but so funny and. Is a great party movie. Yeah, this is a great discovery for sure. Yeah, so. if you just get some,
1: <coughs> get your married friends over to watch a girl get abused, and then just fucking
0: chill, have some wine. Right. It's Christy Boner. It's Christy Boner. You cannot go wrong with that. R.I.P. And that brings us to the conclusion of season six of the podcast. We're finally <laughs> at completion. We are at completion. It was a long and perilous journey. The longest we've ever lasted. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in front of me, I have a uh, game board with all of the sequel choices for next season. Um, Dan Enden is going to spin them. I'm going to write a movie in after the first spin to replace that movie, because that's how it Mm -hmm. makes work sense, and um, he will be the one spinning it. He has not seen what's on here yet. Nope. There are some surprises. Okay. Um, I wish we had your mic over there. Can you, like, come with your station? <laughs> I can come with anything if I try hard enough. What do we got here? All right. Start wherever you'd like. So we got
1: Moonraker 007. Featuring hate, Josh Boyer. Hate that. Hate it. We got House... House of Quarantine?
0: Uh, House of Quarantine is the uh, film uh, made by the director of Anti-Coronavirus immediately following that movie's release.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) We got Fletch Lives. Nice. We got Lawnmower Man 2, Whole Ten Yards, Fast and the Furious 7, Cop Out. The Kevin Smith movie? Yeah. just... just. I thought you were done with Kevin Smith movies.
0: I'm just trying to watch the good ones.
1: Have you ever seen Cop Out? No. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Cop Out is a fucking unbelievable piece of shit. Nice. Um, Mac and Me. Bound. That's the uh, where that was my idea, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. The Wachowski Sisters.
1: Shin Godzilla.
0: That's uh one of mine. Yeah. Thinking we should watch a good Godzilla movie instead of a bad one.
1: Yeah. Child's Play Three. Hell yeah. That's one of Dan's choices. yeah. Frame six, uh, twenty twelve. What like the
0: two thousand one sequel? Uh, no, twenty twelve. The Roland Emmerich disaster movie starring uh, Woody Harrelson oh, about no. the end of the world. Oh no! From the director of Moonraker. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean Moonfall. Yeah. Okay.
1: And the Mummy Returns. Okay. <laughs> oh
0: man. <laughs> All right, now hold uh hold it by the top, and you can spin it hard.
1: Should I spin it hard at the camera?
0: Yeah. It's
1: got suction.
0: It's got a little suck on there. All right, here we go. Oh, six scream.
1: Scream six. Nice. All right. Again. Again. Finally won.
0: (laughs) Nice. That'll be a good start. There you go, dude. There you go, dude. Can't change it, you
1: know, because it's on the spinner. This might be a longer season break than I (laughs) had (laughs) anticipated.
0: I'll accept up to, you know, 1.5 months. We'll see. It's going to be like three months. With negotiation. It's going to be like six months. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, all right. Yeah. I okay. mean, I knew that was going to be terrible because all the sequels <laughs> to, to all the movies we want, the first ones were terrible.
0: <laughs> There's some that you like on there. Whole Ten Yards. Yeah. Fletch Lives. I'm trying to watch that.
1: Yeah. Fletch Lives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. Another James Bond movie with Josh. That'll be a fun time yeah. to, to sit around and laugh with your buddies about your favorite movies i'm gonna fucking rip josh up on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> another fast and furious which we do admittedly need to get back to feels feels like an old friend we've abandoned um is the next one the fucking uh uh
1: dude who made uh james wan who yeah made malignant yeah. Yeah, yeah okay that's and, gonna insidious be insidious fucking
0: and... insane yeah that should be good okay um, Uh, Six Scream is a movie I want to see soon, but I guess we'll wait three months apparently. And um, (laughs) um, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, To replace Six Scream and to replace um, Mac and Me, (laughs) what were one of your choices that I told you wasn't going to make it on the board yet?
1: Electric Apricot.
0: All right, so we'll do Electric Apricot. And I'm going to put Bo is Afraid up there. As a sequel to Midsommar? A continuation of sorts from the episode Midsommar.
1: Okay. I feel like I'm... All right, fine. I feel like I'm going to watch that before we podcast on it, but...
0: We'll see. We'll see. You'll just have to watch it twice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably wait to watch
0: it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Dan looks like he's going to drive off a cliff on 76 after looking at this board and um (laughs) i'm just tired i'm so tired and we'll wrap it up here then okay all right baby baby (laughs) baby jesus